Okay. I'm ready. Okay. Just like last episode, I have an extremely important question. How much do you two love hot dogs? Very little. Very little. We already did a hot dog bit. We did. I know. Remember. We're bringing it back. Yeah. You know, I was doing some research about hot dogs. Um, I don't know why. (laughs) And I haven't learned This was for school? (laughs) No. Oh. I just kind of went on a rabbit trail. Yeah. I went on a rabbit trail because I clicked on one headline, then I clicked on another, then I started Googling stuff, and I just found it super interesting that at one part, at some part of the world, I don't know where, but because Muslims are so careful as to what they eat, you know, they have to eat halal food and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but they could eat hot dogs. But because it was called hot dogs, Muslims weren't buying it. Ah. They had nothing to do with it. Interesting. Hmm. And uh, I don't know if it actually happened, but I know it was presented to Auntie Anne's that they would have to change the name from uh, what's those... Uh, Oh, with the hot dogs in like a pretzel yeah. bread thing? Instead of calling it a pretzel hot dog, they they wanted them to switch it to pretzel sausage so that the Muslims would feel more comfortable buying it. Okay. And there was this little debate. Some Muslims were like, we're not dumb. We know what food is. Yeah. And other Muslims were like, no, we take it so seriously that we'll only, we'll only eat food that presents itself to be clean. And okay. if there's any slight chance that it's like unclean food, so to speak, they won't go near it. Okay. So it was like, I would never eat a pretzel sausage. Yeah. But I'd definitely eat a pretzel hot dog. Okay. So I tell you all that because yeah, I thought it was interesting. And I was listening to a podcast yesterday about asbestos. <laughs> you, you take bro, in some really interesting bro, information. I was like, hot dog research. Dude, I was like Walls. on. I was on a very odd rabbit trail. Yeah. Actually, I was learning about asbestos before I got to your house yesterday to do the interview with our friend. Because he has T. a Russell bunch Hunter. of asbestos in his house? No, I don't know how I, I don't know how I came across it. Yeah. Um, Did you watch like one of those lawyer daytime commercials? Yeah. I don't know, but do you guys know? Do you guys know anything about asbestos? Yeah. Why it was used and stuff? Oh, not why it was used, no. It has a burning point of over like 2,000 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it so insulates. Like back in the day, firefighters used to use it a part of their suit because it just doesn't burn. Ah. And it was so useful for heating purposes because it just doesn't burn. And that's why most of the heating pipes and stuff that of old buildings mm-hmm. and all that are wrapped in it. Interesting. In case of a fire, that fire would have literally gone nowhere. So at some point in time, people were using asbestos like everywhere and mm-hmm. anything that they could because this material was just so useful. And they had no idea that the, the small fibers in it were just causing cancers because yeah. people were breathing it in. Anyway, I found that super, super interesting. Yeah. Right? I'm so confused right now. I said, like, where, where's the Muslims with the pretzel hot dogs and the asbestos? Bro, I'm just, like, sharing, I'm just sharing with you all the things I learned yesterday. And then, you know, if you eat a lot of hot dogs, you get cancer as well. But you, but you started with, you, you said you have a question for us. And then How much do you about, love hot dogs? Oh. <laughs> I already asked the question, bro. Okay. Come on, move with me Sorry. here. 
Anyway, it really has nothing to do with the headline. I just wanted to tell you guys. Wow. That's uh, <laughs> great. I would have never known. I would have never known about the pretzel sausage. Hold on. You would have never known that Jesus said backwards is what? Sausage. That's what I'm saying. Sausage. That's what I'm saying. Oh, so that's why Muslims don't like it? You get the connection? No, they like sausage. No, hey. Oh. Hey, guys. But you- they just have to say sausage peace be upon him. Yeah. Just for respect. No, I'm a, I'm a, Have you guys ever had Jewish sushi? What? <laughs> What's the difference between Jewish? It's just kosher. Oh, it's, kosher. It's, it's just regular sushi, bro. Well, they can't eat shellfish, right? Yeah, no crab, no shrimp. Okay. <laughs> no sushi. No. They, there they was salmon. salmon and tuna. Yeah. Salmon and tuna. Where did you find kosher sushi? In Highland Park. <laughs> Interesting. New, Highland Park has a very high Jewish population. Right. And so, yeah, we it, got it yesterday. This place markets itself as kosher sushi. Yeah, it's the whole town is very Jewish. Yeah, so, you know, people are looking for kosher food. Interesting. And you know what? It was actually very good. <laughs> yeah, I you love know, Mexican food. I'll tell you the truth, though. I used to live in a Jewish area in Brooklyn, in Borough Park, and they have the most amazing knishes you'll ever have ever. Word. What is it? It's not a. It's not like you know when you go to New York City, you get these small square knishes. From the hot dogs. I don't know what a knish is. You don't know what can do you know what a knish is? Isn't it one of those fried little things with meat in it? Bro, you guys are like you guys have to live a little, man. Yeah. Well, knishes are like a staple of New York City. It's knishes and hot dogs at all the hot dog stands. It's like a little empanada, right? It's not an empanada. It's it's uh it's a square filled with like I mean, this is not gonna do it justice, but it's it's a square filled with mashed potato. That has like a, like a soft breading on the outside. A pierogi. It's somewhat like a pierogi, but it's not. It's way softer than a pierogi, and it's oh. not as small. It's literally square. Oh, I love squares. Um, it's very good, yeah. but the koshers make it. The koshers, the <laughs> ju- <laughs> them koshers, the the Jewish people make it round. Anyway, uh. I'm bantering about nothing. Let's get into it. Bible dingers, ding or no ding. Or no ding. I'm Nick. I'm here with Ryan and Mark, and we are Bible dingers. We start each and every episode with pointless banner and ding or no ding. Where I come up with a headline, and my friends here, Ryan and Mark, have to discover, discover, or come up with, or say whatever. Uh, if it's real, ding. Or not real. No ding. No real. And then we get into the topic at hand, and that is the book of Titus. Where we go through all the information about the book that you need to know as you're reading your Bible. Anyway, you ready for this? Yep. Mm-hmm. I said, are you ready for this? Yep. I said, mm-hmm. The world's first ever hot dog ATM invented in Malaysia. Ah, there's the connection. There's the connection. Mm, There's Muslims in Malaysia, isn't there? For sure. Uh, I thought Malaysia was more Buddhist, but I don't really know, to be honest. Um, But see, don't give me an answer. I see. I see. I see. You're about to cheat. All right. Go ahead, bro. (laughs) Tooting or not tooting? That is the question. What is the answer? What y'all think, Mark? A. I wanted to say no ding. Okay, you're going to say no ding. Because for a certain reason. Okay, what are you going to say, Mar- uh, Ryan? Um, 
I was going to say no ding because I know I've used a hot dog vending machine before. Really? I didn't say hot dog vending machine. You said ATM. Yeah. Oh, ATM. What's the difference? You put in your bank card into the hot dog ATM. <laughs> but with the vending machine, you just pay with quarters. Like typical. Yeah. Instead of taking out cash, you take out hot dogs. Exactly. The little slop pops open. <laughs> And out comes a whoop. But it's still only as big for dollar bills. So, <laughs> so it kind of squishes out. <laughs> Especially if you want ketchup and mustard on it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So both of you guys are saying no ding? Correct. Man. On a roll, dude. I really thought I'd begin you guys with this. Not today. Well, if you I'm said- really being super intentional about the headlines now and... Yeah, and I'm not something you guys. You're not. So, uh, if you said it was in America, I might have said yes, but Malaysia. I will. I, I would have definitely gone I for thought Japan. That was yeah. I Japan. That was the curveball yeah. that would have gotten you though. The Malaysia thing. Yeah. Didn't get us. Japan has car vending machines. That's what I'm. Well, we do too. Well, and now the we ATM, do. Yeah. They did it first. Like you stick your dollar in, and just a hot dog <laughs> pops out. Yeah. You know, I thought that would really get you. Mm. It didn't. But whatever. Did you make that one up to you? No. Alright. Uh, yeah. What you be on? Tell me what you be on. What you say, man? What you say? God throw another pass. Satan cannot catch it. No. I'ma probably detonate. Show the streets a better way. Cause my ministry is for the south side of heaven's gate. All right, so we wasted a lot of time there, but it's for your entertainment purposes because we love y'all and we love talking to each other. But it's time to get into the. Where are the turtles? Where are they? Title of the book, and that is Titus. The title of the book comes from the recipient of the letter. Wow, shocker. I did not see that coming. Chucker. I thought Titus was the name of a fast food chain during that time. Mm -hmm. Wrong. But boy, was I wrong. Fast food hot dogs. Yes. Titus. Come eat at Titus, where (laughs) the food is Titus. Bro, what are you doing to me? Food is tight. I'm sorry. I had to fix your eyebrow. It was bothering me a little bit. It was down? Yeah, it was down. (laughs) It was falling off. Yeah. (laughs) The second point for the title. The Greek New Testament title is literally to Titus. Some people might get confused and think it's to Titus, like as in second (laughs) Titus, as in second Timothy. But it's not to Titus. It's to. To T-O. T-O. Not T-O-O or (laughs) T-W-O. There's not too much Titus, and it's not a second one. Way too Titus. It's just written to Titus. Man, really a gifted teacher. <laughs> this Bro. is by far the most Titus book, though, that I've seen. This, Bro, it's, it's a, way it is a little too, too Titus. Tight. <laughs> it's way too Titus. I've never seen another book this Titus before. Me neither. Yeah. It's similar to his food. Anyway, next up. Who wrote this? There is serious debate on the authorship of the pastoral epistles as mentioned in the last couple of episodes. 
We covered this debate most in-depth, like I mentioned in the previous episode, in the episode about First Timothy. So make sure you give it a listen. You mentioned the previous episode to go, to listen, go to listen to the listen. previous episode. And if you haven't listened to the previous of the previous episodes, <laughs> I would highly suggest to go back in time and check it out or else this section will not make much more sense to you. Yes. Go listen to the last episode where we will tell you to, to go listen, listen to, to the, the last, last episode. <laughs> yes. And you know what? Before you know it, you'll listen to all of the episodes because that's what we want you to do uh, because we are. Bible dinger. All right. Anyway, the classical conservative view, as you know from the last episode and the last episode, is that Paul wrote this book to Titus and that it was delivered by Zenos and Apollos. Did I say that right? Yeah, I think Zenos so. and Apollos. And we know that from Titus 3.13. Zenos the warrior princess and Aye. Apollos. Oh, yeah. Um, anyway, the book does reference Paul as the author. In chapter 1, verse 1. So I'm not sure what the whole debate about is. If you believe in the inerrancy of Scripture, Scripture plainly says Paul is the author of this book. Yo, 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 when this was written. That's the next question. Going with the classical conservative view, Titus was likely written between the books of First and Second Timothy. And Paul and Titus had left Timothy behind in Ephesus and traveled on to Crete. After a brief visit there, Paul left Titus behind to minister to the churches there. We read that in Titus chapter 1, verse 5. These travels took place sometime between 63 and 64 AD. The letter to Titus likely happened around this time or shortly after as well. And lastly, that puts the writing of this letter around 63 and 65 AD. Action is coming. Yes, action is coming. That means it is time for the historical context Hold of on, we the have book. a soundbite for that. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Yes, we have historical context next. And the first <laughs> thing of historical context. The first thing of historical context? The first piece of historical context that you need to know about is Titus himself. Um, So Titus was a Gentile convert who used to travel alongside Paul. He had also ministered to the churches in Crete, Dalmatia, which is of course where Dalmatians come from, Mm. obviously, and Corinth on his own at some point. I wonder if the people at Dalmatia had like spots, is like polka dots all over them. That could be. And that's obviously where the dogs got their polka dots. (laughs) Get the humans. (laughs) So Crete and Corinth both had reputations for being sinful cities of indulgences. And Titus seemed to know how to deal with these people and situations because he, he went to Crete and Corinth to minister there. So that would be similar to a pastor who serves in Las Vegas, Miami or something like that. You know, like these are his two minister spots. So... This guy must have had some sort of calling on his life. Paul mentioned in 2 Timothy that Titus was going to be heading towards Dalmatia. There's no canonical information on him after that, but church tradition has it that he returned to Crete and finished out his life there in ministry, uh, ministering to the Cretan church. 
Titus was a son in the faith to the Apostle Paul, similar to Timothy. Paul referred to him in different passages as my partner, my brother, uh, my fellow worker. And besides the many missionary journeys Titus accompanied Paul on, he also accompanied Paul to the Council of Jerusalem. Uh, we see that in Acts 15, and it also mentions it in Galatians chapter 2, verses 1-5. through 5. And the Council of Jerusalem was actually one of the most significant meetings in all of church history. Uh, this is where uh, Paul, Peter, Titus, Timothy, lots of these original apostles of the church, they met and they discussed the heresies of the Judaizers. Okay, so that's some that's some information on Titus. Next, let's talk a little bit about Crete. So Crete is one of the largest islands in the Mediterranean Sea. It is the largest Greek island, and it's about 3,200 square miles. So for uh, perspective sake, it's a little bit bigger than Delaware and a little smaller than Connecticut. Uh, so... It's a very mountainous island, especially on the south side of the island. So the heavier the heavier population areas are on the northern side of the island. So the culture in Crete um, was one of sin, greed, violence, and sexual immorality. Ancient historians of the area have stated that quote the Cretans are always liars evil beasts and idle bellies hmm. is and that where the saying cretin comes from yes ah. exactly you deflated me a little bit there i'm not oh, gonna lie i'm sorry I'm, i kind of feel like crying i was picking up on what you're saying though. yeah you know? um so that was said by epimenides epimenides i think is how you pronounce the name he's an ancient historian uh also another one said cretans are engaged in countless public and private seditions murders and civil wars now with few exceptions you could find no habits prevailing in private life more steeped in treachery than those in crete and that was from our friend polybius so they were known for being underhanded and crafty in order to get money uh they were greedy they idolized zeus who was known for being deceptive and a womanizer he was their god hmm. Uh, and, of course, this is, as Mark stated, where the insult Cretan comes from. Uh, basically, if you're a Cretan, you're a cruddy person. You're immoral, uh, you're deceptive, you're a womanizer, and you basically have no morality in you if you're a Cretan. So this was the, this was the people that Titus was ministering to, essentially the worst people in the world of his day. Um, so that's a little bit about Crete. And then finally, let's talk a little bit about the church in Crete, the Cretan church, which kind of sounds weird to say, the Cretan church, because yeah. Cretan in my mind and most people's mind is an insult, but it's actually, it is a people group. And so there was a Cretan church. We're not 100% sure when the Cretan church was started. Uh, some think it was on the day of Pentecost due to Acts chapter 2, verses 11 through 12, which describes uh, the scene of the day of Pentecost like this. It says both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians, we hear them telling in our own tongue the mighty works of God. It says that in Acts chapter 2. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? So some people say, okay, well, that says 
Cretans were there at the day of Pentecost. So maybe some Cretans took it back to the island of Crete and started the church that way. We do know that Paul had visited and left Titus there. Um, also, either Artemis or Tychicus spent some time ministering there as well, and we see that in Titus chapter 3. Um, the churches in Crete were a little bit unorganized, and they needed leadership, and this is where Titus comes in. So they were kind of spread out in all kinds of different houses uh, around the island of Crete, and there wasn't much leadership or organization. And so this this is we see this playing into the purpose and some of the things that Paul is saying to Titus, uh, essentially instructing him to organize it, get it together over there. So that's it for the historical context. Next is your part, Nikki. The general purpose of the book. So Paul wrote this letter to Titus, perhaps shortly after receiving a report from Crete. There was no major doctrinal contention in this book as there are in many others. This is likely because Paul had confidence in Titus's doctrine, as well as the members of the church. Instead, Paul charged Titus to encourage the church in good works because of God's grace in their lives. These good works were to set them apart from the unbelieving Cretans and therefore be a beacon of light to that area. Beautiful. Next, it is time for me to find this soundbite. Everyone's That's what time favorite. Is for. Mm. Everyone's part favorite. of the show. Every single body's. Okay, fun facts. Why did I say okay first? Okay. I was like prepping to say fun facts. Yeah. Why would you do that? But on the outside, I'm such a fool. Yeah. Look at you. Fun facts. We have four fun facts. And now that I'm looking them over... You should have had three more. <laughs> I should have at least maybe taken one off. And just threw it in the same sentence. Exactly. And yeah. said, this is fun fact 3A and 3B. Yeah. <laughs> However, I do have four. And now, as I was saying, now that I'm looking over it again, I realize that I think I was writing this outline... At a time where I was quite tired, mm. uh, or maybe it was late. So the four fun facts here. Number one, Titus was the one who carried the infamous severe letter, quote, severe letter. Paul calls it the severe letter in Second Corinthians. He's the one who carried the severe letter to the Corinthian church, um, so if you want to hear more about the severe letter, it's, it's actually really interesting. Go listen to the second Corinthians episode. The second fun fact is that Titus is mentioned nine different times in the book of second Corinthians. Nine I, can't, times. I can't wait for these last two fun facts. You can't? Hmm. You guys, I don't think you guys are ready for this. I really don't. This okay. is incredible facts. The third fun fact is that Crete rhymes with feet okay Arker. and then the fourth fun fact is that titus sounds a little bit like titus what that's what i wrote titus, I, I, listen i don't know what you were thinking <laughs> i mean i'm fine with it 
I'm I'm completely fine with it. Yeah, honestly, you can't deny the truth that Titus I does sound a little bit like Titus. What you're putting down, but yeah. I'm not sure what your mentality was. Yeah, when you were gathering these fun facts, I think my mentality was that I just pumped out like several outlines, and I was just like Titus, Titus, three feet done. <laughs> Pretty much. Yep. It's outline time. It's outline time. The salutation, as in other books, is in the first four verses of chapter one. And wait, hold up, I always forget. This book has one, two, three points. That's right, I said three points. Mark, have some fun. For our Spanish-speaking listeners, that's trace. That's tres. Trace point. Trace. Trace. Pointas. So white, right? I have right. no idea what points is. Uh, what is points in Spanish? I so. have no idea. Someone let me know what points is in Spanish. So? Yeah. I don't think he's watching. Oh. Anyway. Well, the, people listen to podcasts. The first point okay. is salutation. The second point is instruction for setting the church in order. So in the first... No, in verses 5 through 9 of chapter 1, it's the appointment of elders. Everyone loves this part of Titus. Ugh. And it is the qualifications of an elder. And basically, to break it down, it says the husband of one wife. And here is the debatable part. The part that some churches have different views on. The kids must be saved. Um, some churches say that if the kids are living in the house with you, they must be saved. But if they leave, you still qualify as an elder as long as they're not living under your roof. Whereas others say if you have an unsaved kid, you are disqualified and cannot be an elder. Uh, there is some debate in the interpretation of this text, but I found it super interesting. Uh, the, other the, other, the other qualifications are pretty much straightforward that all churches would say okay to besides being a man. Because I know that some other churches that we can, I guess, quote-unquote churches would say would have elders as women. But those are the only two parts that are up to debate. Across the board, though, the other ones are pretty much straightforward and uh, believed in in any other church. Not arrogant, not prone to anger, not a drunkard, not violent, not greedy for gain. He must be hospitable, devoted to good, sensible, upright, and self-controlled. I mean, hey, I'm just reading the Bible here, and it says, husband of one wife, and he must be hospitable. Mm. So I really think the only true debate is kids must be saved, and that's a conversation that you need to have with your pastor. Uh the next section is the correction of false teachers uh, in verses 10 through 16. He must hold firm to truth. They must silent false teachers. So that's uh, the language that they use. Um, he must hold firm to truth and he must silent false teachers. So one of the qualifications of an elder at your church is to make sure that the teaching at your church is on point and uh, aligned with scripture and to make sure that he silences anything other than biblical truth. Yes, yes, yes. So the second part of the 
second part, uh, is the conduct of the saints. And that's chapter 2 until almost the end of the book. Uh, it ends in chapter 3, verse 11. And that, that part starts with just chapter 2, where basically uh, Paul is talking about the behavior of various groups in the church, and just essentially that everyone is to behave themselves in a godly manner. And then he sort of goes through the different people groups here. He says, young men are to have self-control. Mm-hmm. Older men are to be sober-minded, sound of faith, and love. Older women are not to be slanderers or drunkards, and older women should also be training younger women on how to love their husbands and children. And that's sort of the basic. He does he does go into more uh, <clears throat> instruction for these individual groups, but that's sort of the main idea there. And then in chapter 3, uh, it talks about the behavior of all in the church. And this is somewhat similar to many of the lists of proper behavior that we see throughout the New Testament. Essentially, people need to avoid quarreling, avoid being slaves to different passions and pleasures, speak evil of no one, for we used to do these things before we were regenerated. But now that we're new creations, we do not take part in these things. So this is sort of the mark of the believer and how they should be behaving in within the church. And honestly, that's pretty much it. Titus is a very short book. Uh, three chapters in total does end with a short little conclusion verses 12 through 15 where basically Paul's urging them to devote themselves to good which is essentially the entire book and then he just says say hi to say hi to my friends over there which he does pretty much uh, in, in every, every book yeah in every letter <laughs> and that's pretty much it guys that is the book of Titus yeah quick quick fascinating <laughs> Yeah, most of this episode was about hot dogs. Anyway, that was our episode on the book of Titus. But if you are not a part of... Dinger Nation! Then we have some instructions for you. We have some instructions for you. You can print them out on BibleDingers.com. Basically, the instructions are that we are on Patreon. We are 100% patron-supported. Shout out to our patrons. We love you guys. Nick, Saul. Why am I drawing a blank here? April. I think, you know, April, I think... Alex. Alex, I think that... Coronado. Coronado. Austin. I, Austin. I think that <laughs> I'm blanking because you have the Instagram live over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel a lot of pressure now. Well, if it means anything to you, not one soul's watching. So we're good. Oh, that's fantastic news. <laughs> that's fantastic news. <laughs> the pressure just happy. released off of my oh, shoulders. There's one watching. There's oh, one. Hi, one. Hi, Juan. Is it? It's Juan. Say you said? say hi, Juan, so I know who you are. Say hi. Do it now. Say hi. <laughs> <laughs> say hi, or you're not real. <laughs> okay. All right. You're not real, Juan. Oh, there, oh, oh, oh! It's Nick. Hey, Nick. Nick just joined. Nick, say hi, or you're not real. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. I, Nick was one of the ones that I didn't blank on. Say hi. Hi, Nick. <laughs> hey! Oh! Jennifer Hobbs. I don't know who you are, but it's a pleasure meeting you. Hi, Jennifer Hobbs. I hope you're a part of Dinger Nation. <clears throat> yes. So, like I was saying, we're 100% patron-supported. We love our patrons. We are very thankful for do. you guys. Um, we do not have the money to pay for this ourselves. We are all poor and destitute. 
and we need you to support us. Yes. Uh, so <laughs> you can do that on Patreon. Uh, we release these episodes a week early for all our patrons, uh, and also our YouTube videos get released early and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And also there's a small community that we talk on Instagram and, and things of that nature. So you can find all of that information, like I said, on BibleDingers.com. And if you've never heard about us, you can go on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter and search at BibleDingers across the board. And while you're there, just give me the likes, don't pass and scroll. Don't pass and scroll. Make sure you hit subscribe, hit follow, hit like, and most importantly, ding on. Everything about you is poor. Bible dingers. All you trying to do is destroy us. Why you call me bad? Embrace the deal.